0: You're still here. You still have a purpose. You still have things that God wants you to do, people to impact, and just trying to make the most of that and know that our body is the vessel that we get to do that with, no matter what shape or size it is or the aches or pains it has or hasn't. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. My name's Amelia Rhodes, and joining me today is our co host, Brenda Yoder. Hey,
1: Brenda. Hey, Amelia, how are you doing?
0: Good. It's a sunny day. We're heading into summer as we record this. And, you know, as we talk about summer and short sleeves and shorts, I don't know if anyone's still wearing shorts in the midlife, but swimsuits, oh boy, yep, coming that time of year too. We thought this would be a great time to talk about body image in the midlife.
1: I'm excited to talk about this because I feel like As I have walked through midlife from my forties to my early fifties boy, I think we, we are on a journey and it unfortunately doesn't ever end. I know. And I'm sitting
0: here just even cringing as we talk about it, because I'm entering that season of my body has completely changed over the past two years, not just as I'm entering my mid forties, but then add on COVID and just the extra stress that we've all had in the past couple of years and not being as active and maybe comforting myself with food a little more. And so I just recently cleared out my wardrobe and started over for all of the summer things as we headed into spring break. And I went in with this attitude of like, I'm not gonna beat myself up over how I look or the size that I am right now because my body's been through a lot in the past couple of years and it has carried me through a pandemic. It has fought COVID at least once that I know of. And just all that we've been through, I decided to take this shift to just being nice to myself and nice to my body. And so I bought things that I liked and colors that I liked, but I did look in the mirror in the dressing room and think, oh, I'm dressing like my mother and my mother-in-law and my aunts. And just even recognizing there was a point in time where I'm like, oh, they dress different. And oh, here I am. And this is where I am at and even just accepting it for this season.
1: Yeah, and that's a hard that's a hard accepting. I mean, I I think because what you just said is I think what goes through most of our minds. I know for myself when I was in my 40s, I had a big shift in in my body image because I have a history of having an eating disorder in my story. And so in my mid 40s, I made this big shift of moving up a size and I did it well. I thought I made that, that bridge pretty well. And then here in the last two years, also as my estrogen has stopped. And as again, we've lived through this pandemic, I've made that other shift up to like the next size up. And while I am okay with it, there's this element of Clothes become fewer to choose from, or you put them on and you really do look in the mirror and say, I look like what I don't want to look like at this age, or I do look like my mom. And I think I mentioned in our episode on right sizing your life, I recently bought a few updated spring shirts and, um, I was shopping in a department store during the day on my day off among most of the women that were my mother's age in their mid eighties. And I actually texted a friend and said, I'm shopping beside all the great grandmas. Cause I'm a grandma now. And, and there's an element of like reality, an element of humor, but then an element of really trying to find for yourself, who do I want to be
0: mm-hmm. in this
1: season of life? And how do I want to frame how I feel about my body, how I treat my body and accepting what we can't change, but then also just, as you said, being gentle with what we can change, but also for no one's purpose other than our own health. Of course, health is number one, Mm -hmm. but then also, um, our own mental health and our emotional attachment to our bodies that really does change during this season
0: that's so important. What you said of what does it need to be for ourself? And I don't know, we spend maybe too many years in our youth, in our twenties and our thirties, you know, having babies and trying to get our body back and maybe looking at everyone else and how fast they bounced back or not. And I think I personally just spent too many years comparing myself to everyone else that there comes this acceptance of, okay, this is the way God created me. There is a certain shape and size that's maybe normal for me and normal might shift, you know, as hormones shift. But I always come back to gratitude of like, my body is a gift from the Lord to carry me through this life. My body is the is a physical way that I love my family. You know, the ability to give hugs, the ability to cry, just the way we interact with the world and with the ones we love is through our body. And so wanting to treat it well and in treating it well, also being nice to it for the weaknesses it may have, um, and the struggles it may have, you know, I'm, as we record this, I'm coming off of a hospital visit from a dear older friend who's entering the final days of her life here on earth. And to just sit with her and hold her hand and, you know, share some tears and appreciation for how she's poured into my life and for her to say, thank you for how I poured into her, but it's this body. I'm watching her body fail and, and end its journey. And I think I just walked away with this even greater appreciation that God has given us bodies But they have their limitations and their weaknesses, but to just care for them the best that we can with what we've been given. And that just kind of struck me of, you know, that tangible thing that we can do to care well to what's within our control, but do so from a place of health and a place of gratitude and a place of responsibility, but without being harsh, which I'm not, you know, as the perfectionist that's in me, (laughs) that's not an easy thing to do to always think I should be doing more, but, um, what is responsible? What is loving to myself in this season even?
1: Yeah. I think those are such important thoughts and, you know, I think those thoughts actually are something we continually revisit. Uh, I know for myself that through the last two years, um, during the pandemic in the fall of 2020, I had started kind of on a specific food plan that was going to help me, you know, kind of jumpstart my metabolism. I lost some weight. And then my dad got COVID and he died. And we went into this dark season as a nation where the deaths just increased. And then we had the political unrest of early 2021. And really ever since then, I I gained back what I had. And I really was at this point where for me being gentle during the last year or so was not feeling like I had to do something different of just Mm -hmm. saying, no, really for the first time in my life, I'm going to enjoy food and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And I'm going to if I want to eat something, I'm going to eat it. That really was a good season for me because coming from a history of an eating disorder, I I do have a cognitive, it's not really a battle. It's more of a awareness that I have to go through when I approach food or approach weight loss. And, um, so that actually was a healthy season for me. And then this early spring, I realized I really was weighing the most I've ever weighed without being pregnant. And because I don't have any estrogen, my metabolism is zero. I realized that I needed to do something if I didn't want to continue at the place where I was at. And so the last maybe two months now going on two months, um, I've just been making some healthier choices and being more aware of what I've been eating, being intentional about how many steps I'm getting in and things like that. And, and I've dropped a few pounds and I really don't desire to have to lose any more. It's just that I feel better about myself, even though I think I felt okay with myself beforehand too.
0: That's the good question of like, how do I, how do I want to feel? Like, how do I want to feel in my own skin? And also just, you know, the aches and pains that come with midlife and reduced energy and, you know, in my thirties, you know, I ran, you know, three, four, I lost track four or five marathons, like full on marathons. And I don't know that I could do that at this point in time, maybe eventually, but getting to a place of what, what do I enjoy? What kind of physical activity do I enjoy rather than feeling like I have to, or I should, what is comfortable and what do I enjoy? And coming at it from that angle of what's fun, even like viewing exercise as fun, viewing food as fun, even eating healthy as fun. And so that I'm in that phase of figuring out, and I was talking to another friend who's, you know, kind of in her mid forties as well. And she was talking about how she too just exercises differently now in the mid forties, doing what she loves, what she feels good and what is fun and enjoyable rather than that have to should viewing it as I get to my body still can do this and learning to love it for what it is. Um, and to enjoy it. And so I'm still figuring that out, but I, you know, I have some things that I enjoy. It probably, I probably won't ever run a full marathon again. At this point, I'm like maybe a 5k, but if I do, I would do it because I want to, because it's fun.
1: Yeah. And I think those pieces are the things that we constantly always come back to. Um, I know for myself managing emotions and the hormonal changes that we really don't have control over, become another layer that we don't have to really deal with in our thirties. I just remember, it seems like my forties in perimenopause, I was just always bloated, you know, and I remember, I think I had these conversations with you, Amelia, where I, I would just say there's only one week out of the whole month where I'm my normal size, where I'm not either premenstrual or bloated. And I've heard that from other people. And then when you come to your, to your early fifties, or later fifties. Um, and you hit menopause and the average age of menopause is 51. And I hit it right at that time. And then all of a sudden the things that people say actually happen to your body. And I know over the last couple of years, I've seen this stomach grow. They call muffin top or whatever that I've never had before. And, um, I think the fact when I heard a nurse practitioner tell me last year, your, your estrogen levels are zero. That kind of was a defining moment for me, because I really realized that this body that I have really is a whole different, uh, I don't, I want to say beast, but that's not the right word for it. It's a whole different situation that you really do have to shift with. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this temptation of looking in the mirror and saying, I am, I look like I'm 85. When we're not, but you can feel that way. And I think we kind of project things upon ourselves. And then there's just the reality of, I look down and I have age spots where I didn't have a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, looking white, like without a tan, when you put your shorts on, uh, looks much different. I think with this body that feels so different.
0: Yes. Yeah. And for years, you know, leading up to menopause, the body had a certain function about it and a, Mm -hmm. and an ability and a capability of fertility or, you know, in that year, you know, whether we were able to birth babies or not, it had a, it still had a function that it may not anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a loss and a grief. And you've talked about that too, that season of just we're past even that age of being able to bear babies anymore and recognizing that now the body it, it's serving a different function than it was before. And that season is over. And that, I think that there will be grief that comes with that. And even the fact that the body changes shape, it's really kind of miraculous. And I don't know that we always view it that way of all the things that our body can do for us throughout the life, the way it can grow, the way it can heal, the way it can expand and then even the fact of, you know, gravity takes its toll um, and things begin to sag and we have more lines and more spots it just shows the years that we've had on the earth, even that we have sunspots, we've enjoyed the sun for so many years um, just to enjoy all of it as a gift of life uh, and being present on earth. And the older I get, just the more. I realize, you know, not everyone gets to enjoy this for this long. Like not everyone is that I know has made it to 45. Um, and to see all of it is just a sign that we're still here and God still has a purpose for us. And he still has a plan for us and he's allowed our bodies to remain because he's not done. And I was talking to a woman earlier this week, who, you know, she's been struggling through some things and I'm like, you're still here. You still have a purpose. You still have things that God wants you to do people to impact and just trying to make the most of that and know that our body is the vessel that we get to do that with no matter what shape or size it is, or the aches or pains it has or hasn't, um, that there are things other than just looking good and fitting into clothes.
1: No. And that's so important because I think on good days, you know, it's, it's easy to, to not really think about those things. And yet we're still the same woman that we were when we were 18. Right. And then as you said, in our twenties and our thirties and forties and fifties, and then on even into, you know, sixties and seventies, I think part of it is the perception that we have also, you know, um, I think all of us carried this perception of, not even necessarily like our, our size, but what type of person do we want to be when we're in our forties? What type of person do we want to be in our fifties? What type of person do we want to be in our sixties? And I have a, a friend who at, who is my age and was just diagnosed with cancer. You know, my husband went through a near fatal accident, um, in the fall and we, we still are unsure you know, he has nerve damage in his arm that may never come back. And we were very uncertain. How are his injuries going to affect his longevity? Are there going to be complications that are going to come up? So I think as we really do go through life, our values do change. And for me, there was a, when I, um, when I first found out that we were expecting our first grandchild, um, I actually went out and bought this really Kind of dorky sweatshirt because it's the kind that like old grandmas wear, right? And I so I wore it on Christmas Eve, and my friend, my kids were like, "Mom, I can't believe you have that sweatshirt on." And I was like, "I'm a grandma now. Like I can be dorky. I don't care if I'm round and fluffy because there's an element with that perception of this unconditional love. You know, grandmas themselves have a certain persona that that being a grandma now it gives me a little bit of freedom to say. I can have these roles. I can be a little bit fluffier because these little people who love me don't care.
0: Right. I love that freedom in that new phase of life. And, um, knowing that that love of those little children, you're just grandma. They don't care your size. They're not wondering, you know, what size you are or commenting that maybe you're a little fluffier than normal. I love that. And I had another thought. And it's gone. And that's part of midlife too, right? Like I had a great thought and now it's gone. (laughs) Oh, I know what it was. It's hair even like, even to know how your hair has changed. And one thing I've noticed over the past couple of years, and I think it started with a forced um, acceptance for the pandemic of when women couldn't get their hair colored. Mm -hmm. And I have just loved watching women embrace their gray. And there's something about that that is so inspiring. And I for whatever reason. And I don't know why I'm not to that point yet. I have very few silver strands. My husband is almost completely gray. He's totally salt and pepper went gray young. And I keep thinking it will come and it will. Um, but I have just been so inspired by all of you who have just embraced your gray and that whole, like even the, this, the phase of growing it out. And I think a few of a few women that I know it was forced during the pandemic and they got to a certain stage and they're like, Oh, I'm so far. Like, why not accept it and embrace it? And just all of you who are rocking the gray, just, I'm so proud of you because we have such a stigma against, you know, hair color and accepting that age. And I was talking to a woman not long ago and she goes, you know, it's probably time. Like I am a grandma and to be silver, like I've earned it. And I've just been so, and I know it's different for men, but my husband, the way he's embraced his gray over the years, he's like, I've earned it. I've earned these grays. Like it's a sign of the life I've lived the stress I've endured the kids I've raised. And he just has had young people even ask him, you know, if he's colored his hair and he's like, Mm -hmm. no, you can't color this. You have to earn it. And so I think even just wearing that as a badge of honor, um, you know, that we've earned the gray hairs, we've earned the wrinkles, we've earned the laugh lines and to embrace that is an added total attitude shift. That's a little bit countercultural, and I'm just, I'm loving it. And I'm inspired by that. I think it's just what I
1: want to say. Yeah, I know that I, I would agree with that. It's been fun to watch so many of my colleagues, uh, friends and peers who are my age, younger and even older making that shift. I, on the other hand, will be the first one to say that I do make my monthly trip to, uh, the hair salon to get my hair colored. And for me, I joke, I'm like, I only have two things left and that's my hair and my eyes. So I'm going to try to keep people looking up as much as possible because my I've earned it. I think is the fluffier me is the me that, um, isn't as fit as what it what I used to be, I too used to run, not not marathons. I my big last hurrah was actually a half marathon when I was 46, and then I tore my my ACL um, three months after that. So, similarly though, similarly I am able to accept the age spots, the fluffiness, the not having to have to have muscle tone, some of those other things that I think really defined part of our body image when we were younger. Um, those are the things that for me, I'm like, yeah, I think I can really let those go. Um, my hair though, you, you will know it's a significant time in my life. If you ever see me go gray.
0: And I think all of this is, you know, the fact that we get to choose, mm-hmm. um, and we live in a society that gives us choices. Not everyone across the world has these kind of choices of, do I want to be gray or not be gray? Uh, what do I want to, you know, what kind of shape do I want to be in? Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: just to encourage each other and cheer each other on and not shame each other and not judge each other. However we choose to go through midlife with our body and our hair. And I think to be each other's best supporters, whether we choose to go gray or we choose to color. um, I think it's just really cool that we can do that. And we can support each other as sisters and not not compare ourselves, not, um, have expectations on each other, but really to love each other and the choices that we make and to be each other's best supporters and encouragers. That's a sisterhood that we get to have through midlife. And I, I know I've been grateful for you, Brenda, and over the years and just how you've even been open about where you're at and the choices you've made or accepting where you are has enabled me, who's a little bit behind you in midlife to have this freedom and acceptance to make my own choices and to accept myself and love myself where I am. And so I think that's a gift that we can help each other. We can support each other and love each other, no matter where we are and cheer each other on through our midlife with the choices and the decisions that we make for ourselves.
1: And I think as we, we wrap up, I think that's really important for us to really highlight is that whatever journey we do live out in front of people, Like every person listening to this podcast does inspire someone because part of the privilege of being midlife and growing older is that people do watch us, whether we think they do or not. And just two quick examples. I have a friend who I ran into just this week that I hadn't seen for quite a while. And she's, she's a few years older than I am. Um, she's probably turning 60 maybe. And rather than going gray, um, she has it colored. She has it like blue, like she's got blues in her hair. And, um, she enjoys going to concerts. It was just really fun. Like she inspired me because I hadn't seen her for a while. And it was so fun to see her really grow into who she is unapologetically at her age. Um, and then also another colleague of mine who dresses to the nines every day she's just confident in how she presents herself, even though her body is not perfect. And that inspires me.
0: I think that's just it, that we can do this together. We can be unapologetically who we are. We can love each other. We can encourage each other to be comfortable with who we are, to embrace who we are and to be you. And the more we can do that, It sets an example, not only for each other, but for the younger generation, for our kids, for our grandkids, when we are comfortable in our own skin, whatever that looks like and being confident in who we are and who God has created us to be and where we are right now. I think that's a, that's a great thing to aspire to. And so ladies be, you keep being yourself, (laughs) be confident, be brave, be bold, embrace who you are. And uh, that's a gift to the world
1: around you. And as we finish, Amelia, I just want to highlight what you have said repeatedly in this broadcast, which is just the gratitude that we have for the body that God has given us. And, um, none of us know when we will have that test result or that hospital visit that tells us that our body is not working like we had hoped it would be. And it's just a reminder that really every day we have is a gift
0: I just encourage you to be free to enjoy the journey, however long it is, whatever it looks like, enjoy the journey that you're on and embrace it fully. So friends, we look forward to talking to you about how you're doing this. How are you embracing where you are? How are you uh, accepting who you are and being brave and bold to be you, to be the beautiful you that you are? We have a Facebook group that we'd love to have this conversation with. Uh, It's the Midlife Moms Community Podcast. You can search for us on Facebook and find us there. We are 800 plus strong. 800 plus beautiful women who are embracing where they are, who are spilling the feelings and loving and encouraging each other and cheering each other on in this journey. And it's just a joy to be able to do this with you and to be alongside you in this journey. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining. We would love to see you in that group if you're not there already, just to know that you're not alone in wherever you are at in your midlife journey. You're not alone and we'd love to have you with us. So thanks for joining us. We look forward to chatting with you next time and to seeing you in the Facebook group. Bye friends!